<laughs> did you see that kid? No, what do you do? He winked at the camera. <laughs> He's like, this is my one shot. I think it's great when little kids have fucking moxie. Me too. In five, four. Hey, everybody. <coughs> <coughs> Three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. And my name is Barnabas Johnson. And this is Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> you can't always be Jimmy Stewart. You're always Jimmy I Stewart. I want to be Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Stewart, you need so to be bad. original. You have to make a name up. Oh, okay. And this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> we are back. We Hello. took a week off. Oh, we did. Did we? Yes. Yes, we did. I don't feel like it. It doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, our dad is doing well. He seemed good. Daniel is taking him on walks again. Very, very short Wait, walks. really? Yeah, they mm-hmm. walked to the end of the drive. No, not the driveway, the street. Oh, I was going to say, okay. The end of the street. <laughs> he walked 20 feet. Yay. Yay. <laughs> no, that's way more than that. That's good. Will you close the door? I can't. My mic's too twitchy. I know you can hear it. This is. I love editing. It's one of my favorite things. It it is, isn't it? Uh, sometimes I wish it would go faster. Yeah, well, sometimes I wish I didn't have a nine to five job. <laughs> just kidding, it's eight to five. I was just telling Daniel about a podcast where they both just now quit their jobs, their day jobs, to do the podcast full time. Don't expect that from me. No. Well, they get to go on tour. That's why. Oh, okay. Until we do that, don't expect that from me. I don't think we're ever going to be allowed on a stage anywhere. Why? We're really inappropriate. I don't understand, especially well, when our uncle texted us, says somebody listens to us, and you apologize. Because I don't know if it was did a he say good... Any, did he say anything he said, or else? negative. No. They didn't say, oh, he really liked he you guys. He would never tell us if it, they were like, they're horrible. That's what I mean. So he didn't put a positive spin on I anything. don't know why if they said something bad, you'd say something. That's what I mean. He, he would didn't... say it. What are you saying? Yes. I don't think he would say it. What? Like, no, I know, but it, okay, so let's just say... I ran into somebody that said, oh, I know Carla. She's a stupid butthole. <laughs> now, maybe in that situation, but if somebody said really something really insulting, the first I went, the first thing I wouldn't do is call her and say, hey, I met somebody who knew you, because you're always going to say, oh, what'd they say? Like, oh, well, they, they said you're a piece of shit, they but I just wanted to bring back good particular. memories. I just wanted to bring it up and let you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I assumed it wasn't good, because they didn't, because he didn't say, oh, yeah, he really liked you or she or but they. i was maybe they I maybe they just said maybe okay. they just said um ah, they're okay they're all right they're all right you you should have said oh that's cool thanks for letting us know instead of i'm so sorry uh, is that like, how my text fuck? sound in your head yeah is that how I'm my so voice sorry. sounds i'm like what the hell what i want that about? I, I was want, like that's cool that's awesome i want that bacon sandwich back that you just ate <laughs> that I saved for you. Two pieces of bacon I saved for you. That, you know, now that she's saying it that way, that's probably uh, 
That's probably how you come off in a text. It doesn't come off real well in a text. <laughs> I was like, why is she apologizing? She didn't make anyone Apologize. listen to it. Apologize. Apologize. Fine. I'm not you sorry. You should just be like, that's cool. That's Thanks cool. for letting us know. Thanks for letting us know. Instead of, I'm so sorry. I should have put rate, review, subscribe. No. And, <laughs> follow the, and the, follow is, the link below. The thing is, is Paul doesn't listen to us. So you were just apologizing to Paul. I... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I played sand volleyball yesterday. How'd that go? Um, we actually we came in fourth out of forty teams. That's pretty good. I know. <laughs> For not having played volleyball in a while, how bad was everybody that it made you look kind of good? I mean, we played like it was they. Uh, they were playing the Helen Keller School for the Blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had. They were all thirty nine other teams, and they still beat us. <laughs> It was a. It was like the the Indianapolis is having this corporate challenge. Oh, okay. Where like small to large companies compete. And I it's thought you like, were gonna say small to large people. Small <laughs> to large people alike. God bless them for not discriminating. <laughs> All size people come to compete. They're like trying to. I don't know. Participate health and or that's what it is. Weight loss. It's like health and wellness is the goal. Sure it is. But. What are you People. talking about? Do they serve beer there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Was, I was just getting ready to say. I bet they're not. Uh, they're not trying to cut back on the drinking. Mm. No. It was. It's just like to promote a healthy lifestyle or something. Getting out and being active. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So we're in our division had the most teams because we're like between like 70, 70 to one hundred and fifty employees or something like that. Okay. So we had a huge division. But that's pretty good. I wouldn't have done as well. I'm like was shocked. I was actually pretty you good hurt? at volleyball. I'm I'm pretty sore. Yeah, but you play softball some too. But I guess those are different yeah. But muscles. these balls were so inflated. Like it, my arms hurt. I, I know. Just you I know that, that feeling. Hurts. Having inflated balls sucks. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady doesn't. <laughs> oh. <Ooh. laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did play some teams that looked like they sent people who have literally never touched a volleyball. Ooh. Like, we don't worry, you'll catch a... on. And they went, no, and I we, will not. We played three games of round robin, and it was just the first to 15 wins. Mm-hmm. And and then after that, they came back with the most points like given would be, or the least points given would be the number one seed in the, the tournament play. <laughs> we had the number one seed <laughs> because we played one team that we beat 15 to zero. Oh, okay. And then another team we beat 15 to three. Were you trying to let them score? Well, you can't help them score. No, but you, you cannot like help them score. Once you're serving, you can't be like, okay, you serve, and then they can't get the serve over. over the net. You're like, you can do it. Put a little more power to it. Yeah. Our daughter tried to say, you know how mom was a cheerleader? And she'll go, let's go, let's go, L-E-T-S-G-O. Uh-huh. We were leaving the bathroom stall at Myron. She goes, let's go, let's go, L-E-T-S-G-O. <laughs> And I was like, that's exactly how you spell that, actually. <laughs> that's that's how that's how things still go in my head. <laughs> the stuff I don't words, the songs I don't know. Just slurred. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that it's like I can't certain headphones. Um the studio headphones. That we have. This is a commercial. Go ahead, everyone skip forward real fast. No, it's it's not really <laughs> no, it's not a commercial. No, Those not. headphones I can there's but there's those headphones have good vocal clarity. Yes. But other, yeah, I, I get that. Some of them have like... Oh, everything sounds the bass. same. Bass. Everything sounds the same. That's mm-hmm. not a very good commercial. <laughs> no, I want to say it me. has... 
they're they have very good precision. I agree. Now, sometimes like listening to certain rap and certain metal and stuff, you want Yeah, you want it to like jumble your brain around a little bit. But these headphones just have very good it makes everything really crisp. Bathroom music at work recently so. has been a lot of metal music. Ooh. You know, I've been thinking about putting making my guys listen to metal. While they shit? Huh? Just in general. Put it on through, you know, we've got speak we've got um what you called music. Well you got a guy fired what for touching the music. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly how that happened. <laughs> he touched my music. <laughs> yeah. How dare y'all? No, so but there's a there's a metal channel and I'm like, oh, this wouldn't last very long. No. But the math the beats me- the beats the fucking hell out of someone put like the uh the island music on, like Jimmy Buffett and UB forty, and it's like, <laughs> you know what? If I'm actually on the fucking beach, okay, have at it. <laughs> but this is just making it's me the, hate everyone. It's the middle of butt fucking July. When does Christmas in music start? Oh, for them, mm. Christmas music will be played November first. Really? And they will hate it. Ugh. Oh, that's that's a good idea. That's why. I, that's how I'm gonna. That's where. That's what we're gonna do for motivation, guys. If we do this by this, we don't have to listen to Christmas music. But if this doesn't happen. We're listening to Christmas music. Every day, Christmas Every music day. gets closer and closer. Every day. Oh, my. Country Christmas music. Country. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. What if it's Garth Brooks? I can do that. Mm. The problem is if I play that, you know, I'll just start snapping my fingers. And cap- and snap my fingers. Going, we don't even know because we're letting it. Batman smells, Robin Light. <clears throat> so I taught, you know, that some Jingle Bells, Batman smells, Robin. So I taught, I taught our daughter to do it, but it was Jingle Bells. Boris smells, mommy laid an egg. <laughs> so she kept on, she was walking around all Christmas going, mommy laid an egg. Yeah, mommy did lay an egg. Thank you. Yep. You laid the egg and then we sat it on you mm-hmm. and then they handed it to me. Did you have a good catcher? Or are you talk? It was the doctor. Did yeah. they have a good catcher though? Were you talking about that or taking a poop? <clears throat> Poops aren't eggs. That's weird. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's a couple times I'd rather shat out an egg. It'd have been easier. Oh god, we just had eggs. This is getting really well, we wrong. Did. Yeah, I'm, I cooked my own egg, so I probably will shit it out. Yeah, in 45 minutes. 45. And the minutes. shells were the shells were brown too. Yeah, did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why. Because it came from I a g- brown chicken. I gave them some flavor. Oh what? no! <laughs> wrong. Isn't that the rule though? If it's a brown egg, it comes from a brown chicken. I'm not sure. No, chocolate milk I don't comes know. from brown cows. But I, I got some bad news for you guys. Is I'm going to have really bad farts. Oh, just, my I God. What it. did she do? She, you took a nice, stanky fart on the couch and then got up and she ran into that spot <laughs> saying, that's my spot. And she goes, oh, I need cleaners. It, yeah, she goes, cleaners. It's stinky. 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 <laughs> cleaner. I don't think cleaners What gonna... cleaner would help? <laughs> she wanted some goddamn air fresheners. She She's like, where's Febreze. the Febreze, bitches? Okay, so, She's like, I'd rather smell chemicals. So a coworker of mine just celebrated his 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. And someone asked his wife how do they keep it fresh in the bedroom after all these years and she looks up without skipping a beat and goes Febreze <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> wow you didn't print your notes oh, oh some of them. most of them are printed give us a clue 
let's listen to my favorite part. Oh, of we've the, already the been game. talking about it. Like you, but it wasn't Farts, recorded. Eggs, no, it was. It was before we started NASCAR. recording. NASCAR. Before we started recording. What NASCAR? Um, the Jimmy Browns. Buffett. The Browns. Oh, the what Browns. About the Browns. Just is that the, the is that the connection just to this? The name. Oh, I hate that name. But, we were, but I don't think that any of that got on recording. So I know, that that's count. what I mean. Yeah. I can't help you. At work, my friend, she bought, she likes school supplies, and she bought a pack of gel pens, and there was a brown one in there, and she gave it to me. And that's she the connection said, now? I gave you this brown a gel pen. pen. I love gel pen. I know. You I know gave what? you this brown gel pen, because a brown gel pen before. And now and you I was have like, one. give me that. <laughs> that took me back like 17 years right there. I could Which like, is scary to say. I'm only 17. Years. That was the year I was born. <laughs> I'm only 17. <laughs> Just kidding. It still feels like it's sometimes. You're not. You act like you're 17. <laughs> True. <laughs> you act like you're 18. I'm at least six years older than her. Acting one. Well, so Fine, then that's, I'm 12. that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I got some more information. The Browns. Not that yet. The Browns. On the word Hoosier. Oh, you did? On purpose? Uh, kind of. Not really on purpose. I just found it. It was first found in a letter dated February 11th, 1831, written by G.L. Murdoch to General John Tipton. And it was delivering goods by steamboat to Logan's Port. In closing, he mentioned, our boat will be named the Indiana Hoosier. So that's the first recorded use. Like print, it, And they said every time anyone wrote it, it was... Like everyone already knew what they were referring to. Okay. Um, the other time, it was a letter to the editor in the Vincennes Gazette, eight days after that Murdoch letter. The author, who identified themselves as Raccoon, <laughs> Raccoon, he's talking about the increase in population in Indiana. The Hoosier country is coming out. The day is not far distant. When some states, which have hitherto looked upon us as a kind of outlandish, half-civilized race, will have to follow in our train. Let the half-horse, half-alligator country look to it. I'm sorry, what? I don't know. <laughs> Just more examples of how ridiculous it all is. Another thing was that everyone is so fucking bored, they just fought all the time. So if you beat the shit out of someone the fastest, you're silencing them, so you're the husher. Who sure? You made that up. No, I didn't. And there was another one. Again, everyone gets drunk in fights in bars, and it wasn't uncommon to lose ears or tips of your noses. So the barkeep would come through and be like, whose ear is that? Who's your ear? Who's ear? You're making this up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I swear it was, bad. it was like the Indiana Historical Society I was on. And <laughs> I'm not making it up. Oh, no, Whose year is that on the floor it's just, there? It's making us sound dumb. It is supposed to make us sound dumb because we are kind of dumb. No, we're not. Don't you speak about my school that way. That's where this was from. I Indiana University Archives. That's Don't you talk about my school that way. Okay. So this case was shorter. That's why I was grabbing some random information. Oh, great. <laughs> um, but the other part. So the title of this case, The Brown Tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, how's it? Had a couple spell? of those. Just brown like the color. And it takes place in 1879. My favorite year. <laughs> Is that your favorite tequila? Or no, that's 1833, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I had some tequila last night. You feel okay? Yeah. Okay. Just some, not the whole thing. <laughs> 
what I did was looked up what the fuck our relatives were doing, like I did last time on the Nancy Clem Wild oh, yeah, that is Lantern Ride. So, yeah. So I looked at the 1880 census is what I looked at. So Wow. I'm impressed with you. Well, yeah. Come yeah. <laughs> Dad's side gets into Kentucky really quick. So I was really only focusing on people that were living in Indiana when this happened because it would be something they might have read in the newspaper. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it would be our third great grandparents, the Pattersons. The uh, who's? Pattersons. I don't know them. Francis and Celine. Selena? Dion? Selena. Dion. They're like 38 and 35. Maybe it's Celine from uh, Underworld. No. Dion. I like that show. He, his job in 1880 was keeping livery stable. It's livery. <laughs> is it livery? L i v e r y. But it's livestock. Oh, I don't know. I think it's livery. And this was in Decatur. How far is Decatur from Indianapolis? Twenty minutes. Decatur 20. Township or Decatur, yeah. Indiana? Oh, that's a good question. Not sure. So, what do you think the woman did for a living? She milked the babies. <laughs> milked. I mean, fed the babies. For the babies. <laughs> she kept house, and they had three kids. Now their kid. Laura, so our second great grandmother, is the one who ended up in the insane asylum for. I like am not related to anyone years. named Laura. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then Moran, you know that last name, Moran Pie. Mm-hmm. Michael and Mary. Oh, I do they know that. They are thirty-eight and thirty-six. He was a farmer, and what did she do? She kept house. Kept Laid house. Eggs. Laid eggs. <laughs> they had four kids. And this is Hendricks County, so that's Plainfield, which is 30 miles, 30 Mm. minutes. From us, Mm. the way I drive, I can make it there in 20. Ooh. Ooh. So that was mom's dad's side. So mom's mom's side, our third great grandparents, was Hugh, like Hugh Hefner Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) That was their last name. Rest in peace. Joseph Hugh and Margaret Hugh. He worked in a shoe shop, like in Coco. Oh, yeah. Guess what she did? She kept house. Laid she eggs. kept house. Laid eggs. <laughs> yep, they had three kids, and they were in Marion County. So then our second great-grandparents on mom's mom's side is Deary, James, and Mary. Mary Deary. Mary <laughs> Deary. They were 28 and 25, so a little bit younger. I tried to pick them about the age that would be... You know, between their twenties and early fifties, so it would be not too old, not too young. To so, if they had heard about this case, I believe people fascinated by this shit is genetic. So, our relatives would have been interested too. for sure, one hundred percent. He was a paper hanger. The fuck is that? I didn't know. I had to look it up. <laughs> That's something my dad always says. I'm busier than a one-armed paper hanger with the crabs. So he, do you know what it is then? You know, just thought it was the same. I'm not entirely sure. I, I know it has something to do with hanging paper, so that the whole idea of being a one-armed paper hanger is you're, you have one arm and you're <laughs> constantly reaching up, but then you have the crab, so then you have to reach down and itch. So you're you real, lose your paper. You're real, you're real busy because you have to itch and hang paper. It's wallpaper. Ah, okay. Wallpaper. Oh, e- oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is making so much more sense that, to you. That makes it even worse. I know. Yeah. The, the mental image I'd now always I got have. is different. Like, I, I always thought of some guy with 
a sheet of paper going up and putting it on like a paper clip on the line like <laughs> nope, it's like rolling up glue. I was and like, like, I, I oh, knew that. I knew brushes. that wasn't it. Mm-hmm, but but that that's was, just the image I had. I was thinking, like, wow, put, oh man, I don't know what Could I you like, imagine trying to put up wallpaper <laughs> having the cracks with one hand. Well, can you just imagine doing it with one hand? That would that would be horrible. Weird. I'm assuming he had two hands. I uh, was picturing someone. So like, he had an itching hand and a hanging hand. Yeah, yeah. I was picturing someone like like putting up a billboard or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's what no, that's what I thought of. There like someone really? hanging signs outside. Yeah. yeah. And I think later he worked for the post office. And actually I told mom I was looking this up and she's like, Well, I have this whole scrapbook here of James Deary. And I was like, That's literally the person I'm looking at right now. So I was like, Mom's full of interesting facts. Mm-hmm. Like when you started to raise your child, she was like, Oh, I was like a child life specialist at one point. And I was like, Thanks. Like, Mom, mm-hmm. where 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 has this information been? Thanks so much. Write it down. Then read it to me. Uh, but what do you think she did for a living? She kept laid eggs. She laid eggs. She like only that. laid one egg because they had was one she pa- kid. She hung paper. She no, hung. She her kept kid. house. She hung her l- kid on a paper. Yep. <laughs> Daniel's mom's side, because your dad's side goes to well, your dad's dad's side. We don't doesn't go back enough. Like we don't have enough information yet. But then it just goes to Italy. Germany. Yeah, but, but we don't have. I don't have it to. Nazi. <laughs> He's an Italian. Excuse me, that was long. He's an Italian for the Nazi. <laughs> so this is your mom's side, Smith, right? Yes. Ambrose, man, man or woman name? Wouldn't it's know. a man. Third, okay. And his wife's name is Rose. Ambrose and Rose. That sounds like a great, it's like, fucking adorable, like a bath time soap brand. Yeah, Ambrose, Ambrose and Rose. Rose. <gasps> and guess what he did? He He's, hung paper. You no, know, he sold dry goods. Oh. He sold soap. I've just decided. Oh. I sell dry goods. <laughs> yeah. Anything can be a dry good. Daniel sells dry goods. Enough. Yeah, if you try hard enough, <laughs> anything can be a dry good. Yeah. Yeah, I know all about dry goods. Oh, gross. They, what do you think she did live for a living? She laid eggs. <laughs> yeah, five of them. Sold dry goods. She kept house. In Park County? Do we know where that is? Really? She kept house? I always thought he was born well after that. No. But they had five kids, and his dad was living with them, too. And so then you're... Yeah, these are your second great-grandparents. And then also on your mom's side is Mosteller. We have Peter and Rose. It's another Rose. Another Rose. 21 and 18. Every Rose has its thorn. Yep. And they're young and in love, and they don't have any kids yet. God bless them. (laughs) And he was a farmer. And what do we think she did? Oh, no, she was a stable maid. Nope, she kept house. On a farm in the 1880s, family life followed a pattern which had been characteristic of America from early colonial times. Three generations of a family lived and worked together. The father was head of the family in the fullest sense of the word. He had the primary economic responsibility for its survival. And he was the final source of authority. He was teacher, as well as parent. And from him, his sons learned their vocation. In those days, a farm family was an economic unit complete in itself, held together by a division of labor among its members. The mother, in addition to her traditional responsibility for the rearing of children, 
had regular duties, such as the preparing of food. When she was not preparing meals, there were many other things to be done. Churning butter, putting up preserves for the winter, and keeping the farmhouse clean. Her role in maintaining the family, both biologically and economically, was an important one. And it was clearly defined, so far as the division of labor was concerned. Even grandparents fitted into the economic picture. They often lived with the family and participated in the work of the farm until necessitated by old age or illness. Get to the story. All right, well, you, you two have speaking parts in this. Get to the story. You didn't Can I tell be... me. I have to get in character. Yeah, am I English? No, more. Am I more like Cockney or Clevelandian? Here, you can stand up. No. You're expecting us to stand up and get them? I'm like in. Put it in the toe crease. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you when. I'll tell you. Don't read it yet. I'm very good with my feet. It's two separate parts, so I'll see. So what what accent? So do I read the Carla part or the Daniel part? (laughs) I want to read Carla's part. Okay. No, no. Well, I guess if you want to, you can, really. Let me get started. Am I a man or a woman? Well, Carla would be a woman part. Okay, you take the woman part. So who am I supposed to? Can I talk this? I'll start the story and you'll find out. Okay. Okay? All right, then we need to discuss I read ahead. Okay. Okay, we'll stop. (laughs) In January 1879, 52-year-old John G.F. Brown was convicted of grand larceny and concealing stolen goods. They were probably dry Dry goods. goods. (laughs) In Irvington, Indiana. Where's Irvington? It's in Marion County, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the east side, right? Yeah. Irvington's by where the H.H. Holmes house is at. Oh, yeah. See, we do have a connection to H.H. Holmes. I just haven't really done that yet. They're related on Danielle's side of the family. Whatever. And where was it? And sentenced to one year in the penitentiary. John's wife, Mary A. Brown, was also indicted but was released on her own recognizance. And Mary is 33 years old. So he's 52 and she's 33. And she was left with a 40-acre farm to manage and three children to raise and desperately needed some help. That's not to say that she was helpless and very soon found the answer to all of her problems in Joseph W. Wade, a 33-year-old Irvington saloon owner. Wade, who was in the middle of a divorce, agreed to live at the farm and manage it for Mary. And even before his divorce was final, he was sharing her bed as well as her board, which I don't know what that means. I guess he was living there. Yeah. Yeah. Room and board. Room and board. Bed Bed and and board. board. Hmm. Bed and breakfast. Squeaky bed and board with breakfast. A one-year prison sentence is not very long, (laughs) but I guess you would have to ask the person who was serving the prison sentence. John was released from the penitentiary and returned to his farm to find a domestic situation that was not to his liking. No, there's another man living in your house. It is not clear what transpired at the Brown farm, but John expected trouble and consulted his attorney. The last thing Brown said to him was, I may never see you again. So I'm not sure what kind of relationship. To who? Who do you say to? His attorney. Sure. I may never see you again. A few weeks later, at a railroad crossing about three miles from the farm, a neighbor found a horse and buggy. Its cushion and lap rug were saturated with blood. The buggy was identified as John Brown's, and a search of the area found his body lying nearby. At first, it looked like he had been shot in the head, but it was later determined that his skull had been fractured with a hammer. A hamdammer. Hamdammer. As his dad would say. <laughs> It didn't take long to determine who was most likely responsible. Joe Wade was clearly in conflict with Mr. Brown. Oh, now brown cow. 
Mary had told her friends she would do away with her husband if he ever returned. She had a younger, better-looking man, and she didn't desire to be tied down to an old fool like Brown. (laughs) I didn't write that. Both were arrested for the murder. At first, they both denied any knowledge of the murder, but after a brief incarceration, Mary Brown weakened and told her story of what happened the night of the murder. She said that Wade had planned to go to Irvington to sell his horse and went to unhitch the buggy. My buggy's been unhitched for quite some time. You can read your part now. Okay, well, okay. Uh, You haven't introduced the two characters yet, Carla and Daniel. Carla and Daniel will be playing either Joe Wade or Mary Brown. They haven't decided which one's which. (laughs) Okay, but see... When you put my name on there, I thought that there was going to be a character in You're the playing story. Mary. You know, that's funny because that's what I thought, too, because there's already been a Daniel, so I just thought, you know. Maybe. Nope. You play Joe Wade. You play Mary Brown. <clears throat> All right. And so I just, I didn't, Mary's telling her side of the story. What? Hmm. So she just witnessed a murder slash participated in one? She was, inc- she was incarcerated because she said I had nothing to do with it, and oh. then they held her for two days. And she said, "Okay, I, I just have you know I just need it. to I need to have a background on my my character." Mm-hmm. I went about attending to my work as usual when I heard a dull, heavy sound and some groans. I rushed out and saw my husband dying. Boo hoo! I had the child in arms, and Wade said. Dick. In that child. (laughs) And I said, what? (laughs) I did so, after which I came out again and exclaimed, Oh my God, what have you done? He came up to me and put his arms around me, saying, This is what love will do, darling. My reason for making a different statement before was, (laughs) Wade threatened my life. If I gave him away. After hearing Mary's confession, Wade corroborated the story of the surroundings of the murder, but said it was Mary who actually did the killing. Both were charged with first degree murder. You son of a bitch. They were tried separately. <laughs> what? She called me a son of a bitch. <laughs> they were tried separately with Joseph Wade, tried first in April of that year. The issue was not whether Wade was involved in the murder, but whether he wielded the hammer. And if it was premeditated, Wade could not convince a jury that he was only an accessory. He was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to hang. When Mary Brown was tried in July, Wade testified for the prosecution. He was not offered any clemency for his testimony. He would hang regardless. So he had no incentive to lie. I had been discussing the sale of a horse with John Brown that Friday evening. When Mary come up behind me, behind her husband and struck him in the back of the head with a wooden mallet, he fell to the floor, knocking his head against the table. I grabbed the lamp from the table as Mary struck Mr. Brown again, this time in the face. I then said, My God, woman, what are you done? And all she said was, That's no more than he has done to me. <laughs> so I, I turned out of the house and began to unhitch my horse when she asked where I was going to be. I told her, she said, No, you ain't, Joe Wade. If you need me now, you'll rule this day. You're a man and I'm a woman. You've been staying here and nobody will suspect me of doing this. That's exactly how I would have done it. Yes, so, bravo. So I told that dumb woman, 
You need to get back in the house and lay some more eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> she wrapped up the body in a blanket and he helped her load it into the buggy. Then Mary dressed in Joe's clothes and drove the buggy with Joe sitting beside her. Anyone who saw them would think they were two men. They <laughs> left the body by the railroad track and Mary turned his pockets inside out to make it look like he was robbed. Abandoning the buggy, they walked back to the farm. The jury deliberated for 46 hours, then found Mary Brown guilty of first-degree murder. She was sentenced to hang October 29, 1880, the same day as Joseph Wade. Two days before the scheduled hanging, Governor Williams granted them a 30-day respite to appeal their cases to the state Supreme Court. The Supreme Court reviewed both cases. They found the two of the jurors on Mary Brown's case were not competent. They couldn't read or write. Oh. Before perjury of the defendant, she was granted a new trial. The Supreme Court found nothing wrong with Joe Wade's trial, and they let the verdict stand. On November 18th, Governor James D. Williams, maybe the same governor that I just mentioned, anyways, and his last official act before dying three days later of inflammation of the bladder, which sounds real rough, Ugh. granted Wade another respite so he could bring another appeal. This time, he appealed on the grounds that the judge gave the jury erroneous instructions. While awaiting the Supreme Court's ruling, Wade testified at Mary Brown's second trial. This time, said that Mary's intent to kill her husband was of sudden conception. The murder had not been planned. Mary Brown was again convicted of first-degree murder, but this time sentenced to life imprisonment in the Women's Reformatory. In February of 1881, the Supreme Court granted Joseph Wade a new trial, and in his second trial, he was also sentenced to life in prison. So, they definitely did it. <laughs> they definitely did it. But neither, neither one of them were hanged, did. hung, hung. And I think I read that capital punishment was in place, but the official ruling, like on the books saying, if you do this, we will hang you, wasn't even in place to like 1890-something. So they would say, "We're your punishment is hanging, but they didn't even keep track of it till like the 1890s. So they just decided, we're going to hang you. So they just killed the dude because they... She was mad. She got left with a big farm and a bunch of kids. But then she got help. Yeah. But her husband was going to get in the way of that. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure what all he got in trouble for and how she was involved in it, the stealing of dry goods. Or the transporting of, but yeah, the Brown family tragedy. Guys, had one of those the other day. <laughs> Hit upside the head. Not the diarrhea. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lord, oh my stars! Yeah, being beat to death with a wooden mallet it wouldn't be. Two swings wouldn't do it. No. No. Mm -mm. But he was Unless old. Yeah, he was you older. You had a, a major league baseball player swinging it. Yeah. No, yeah. Then two swings. She could have been. And practicing. I tried to find them on Ancestry to be like, someone has written a story about this. Like someone's, because they had kids, so someone had relatives and I couldn't find it. So yeah, someone's ashamed. I feel like people try to put that shit in the past. I would have. I would have. Well, keep digging. You'll probably find something you don't want to see. <laughs> I don't know, but this woman is an attractive woman. I'll put a picture up. Well, we're definitely related then. Oh, it's rough. Oh, you know. said she was attractive. She's being sarcastic. She oh, we were like, not related in, in any way. No. She looks like a pug. <laughs> love to an ugly person. <laughs> and she, 
Well, she, she found two dudes. She found two dudes. There's hope for I me. I know. Yeah. There's hope for this one. Here in Port Townsend, the past is very much a part of the present. One woman, though, is taking that to extremes. She says that wearing the restrictive clothing of more than a century ago is the most liberating thing she's ever done. Even in this place where history stands front and center, well, I've always loved the Victorian era. Sarah Chrisman and her husband Gabriel seem to float through town as ghosts from the Victorian past. It's always been my favorite period of history by far. Oil lamps light their Victorian home. Not a microwave, Xbox, or flat screen in sight. This is a kerosene heater, perfection brand. They had these in the 1890s. This particular one is from the 19 knots. One of the things that really surprises people is that I've never had a driver's license or a cell phone. Just never saw a need for them. These two live, work, and party like it's 1899. I make all my own clothes by hand. But even Sarah wasn't so sure about a certain gift from Gabriel, a vintage corset. To humor him, I tried it on and was immediately surprised by how comfortable it was. Sarah set out to document her surprising transformation. The shape of the waist changes very dramatically, and that's right away. It makes one's posture much better. A person with proper posture, studies have shown, actually has a better outlook on life. Hey, Pippa. She found freedom in the frock and in living the past as present. History is another culture. People's idea of that time has gotten very prejudiced. So it turns out this undergarment and the era it comes from may have been underappreciated for more than a century. Everyone is different in our own way. We're all unique, beautiful individuals, and we should appreciate that in each other and celebrate it. But if Sarah Chrisman gets her way, the days of the corset are on course for a comeback. Uh, how long have we been going? <laughs> 45 minutes. It's not a long enough case. What you want me to talk about? I can just keep going. We can talk about the guy that was like, my wife and children are missing. Help. And then he actually uh, killed them. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about that. There was some guy who flew his plane into the front of uh, his house trying to kill his family. I don't know about that either. Were they successful? No, I don't think so. He killed himself, and I think he might have hurt his wife. How do we know that was the motive? Because he took a... Uh, he, he owned a plane, and he picked it up, and he flew it into the front of his house. So his there's house. pretty much... That's so the only... That's, wasn't pretty that's, pretty either, that's either the biggest coincidence that that's where the plane started to go down. Oh, no! But it doesn't look, it looks like the plane hit the front of the house and came to an abrupt halt. So it wasn't for insurance money? Did you just destroy your plane and your house at the same time? <laughs> With you on board? I don't know. I'd be pissed if my husband did that. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, you wanted to kill me, but instead you just ruined the house and the plane. And the plane. I was going on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know much about that other one either, but. I know there's audio. Of him being real creepy about it. He just seemed, it just seemed weird. He was like, well. And I was like, I saw like a really early news report of it before 
he had been like arrested or anything. Mm-hmm. The timeline of events was weird. Not that it wasn't possible, but it was like the couple was up so late having a heated argument that he just left and went to work. Yeah, like, uh... like how early do you work? Or why were you guys up so I don't know. Everyone thinks they're a good liar. You're yeah. not a good liar. In fact, you're a bad liar. So I thought that was weird. He was like, I left and went to work. I'm like, what were you doing fighting at that hour? I'd be like, I want to keep fighting, but I'm too tired. And I have to go to bed. We can fight tomorrow, I promise. And then so he was like, they are mad at each other, so he didn't check on her or something. Mm-hmm. Or like they didn't talk. And then somebody went over and was like, nobody's home, but all their shit's here. And he was like, well, I don't know. He didn't wasn't concerned. He didn't really seem concerned, honestly. It's a bad actor. He was like, I want my family home, please. Please. Soups, please. And then it was like, yeah, you're bad at this, bro. Where'd you put them? <laughs> and then he buried them on his work site. Nah. He Maybe did... the goal wasn't even to get away with it. What is the goal? I With people like that, there isn't one. Who knows? I think it's weird. I haven't really been reading, reading on it. Because it's fucking sad because there are kids involved. But yeah, that happened. What are you planning next week? <laughs> I know, like I can't talk about that. We now. can talk about what happened during the Indy car race today. You yeah, can. we can talk about that. Oh, I'm explain, sorry. explain well, that's that not one. Good enough. No, talk about it. I said, explain that one. I didn't yeah, watch it. You have to tell them. Oh, uh, during the very first lap, of really, the race today very was the first. very first rat lap. Um, two guys got together, and someone got catapulted into the fence. And if you're on Twitter or some sort of news source, you probably have come across it because it's been pretty big news just because how horrific. But the driver was Robert Wickens. So it was uh, it was a pretty tense hour waiting for news for, on how he was doing. And so it's uh, now all, they're, all they've said so far, and this accident happened six hours ago, is orthopedic injuries. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you kept saying he's dead. Oh, when I first when I first saw it, I thought he went head first into the fence. I was like, "Up, oh, he's dead." But like, it was kind of like that the... was yeah, that was my initial. What's feeling. the part? What do you call the part that they sit in? The tub. The tub. The tub. I mean, the, the, the tub looked intact. That's what I said. It it was, it was the problem is he went feet first into the fence. Now, obviously, that's better than going head first. But he went from two hundred miles an hour basically to. A dead stop instantly. Mm-hmm. And so you get all sorts of bad injuries. You know, anything from broken back, broken sternum, pelvis, uh, lower legs. Um, you know, we talked about on the one of the Patreon episodes, we talked about Kenny Breck mm-hmm. and his accident. Yeah, if you follow Patreon, we've got a couple. Some are sports related, but just really they become medical because yes. people near near death incidences... Which, unfortunately, is extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. It's In all aspects. I mean, I'm always of how talking people, up my nurse friends. Like, yeah, how people barely survive and how they survived and, you know, what things would have been a millisecond different and they would have died, that type of stuff. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. So those are some of the Patreon stuff that we have. I have another episode that needs to come out here shortly. Yeah. Um, I get all, when accidents like this happen, I get all weird. Because yes. it is weird. Because it it's not supposed to, I mean, nobody ever wants it to right, happen. Well, and with IndyCar and us living in Indianapolis, you know, you see these drivers out in the community. You know, they're here. A lot of them live here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're the biggest race of the year. They're here for basically a month solid racing at one point. Mm-hmm. So then it's like when you have an accident like that, it's and it may, it's anybody. You know, I guess it's when anybody get. You know, you have same same way that if you're watching a football game and somebody gets hit and it's like they haven't moved and yeah. then they get taken out on a backboard. You know, you're but um, I don't know. IndyCar I take a little more personally than but so far though. We think he's going to be okay. We just don't know. He'll for live. Sure. Yeah. He'll live. They just, uh, you know, I think if it was merely a broken leg or something, they would have come out and said he suffered a broken leg and is in surgery. They've done that before when guys have been, you know, when Sebastian Bourdais had his real bad crash at qualifying, mm-hmm. you know, you knew within a cut, you knew before he went into surgery that he had broken his pelvis and that they were going to, he was going into surgery. They haven't said shit. About Maybe Ron. they don't yeah. know. Well, my the extent my, of the damage. Yeah, my my biggest fear, and it's like I don't even want to say this out loud, is that when he whipped around it, it severed his spine somewhere. Yeah, <sighs> that was the force that great. Because you've had guys who've had pretty bad broken backs. Yeah, because of how fast you're. Going. And I'm just you know, of course, when they don't say anything, even if even with them saying that, oh well, he was awake and alert. Well, awake and alert. You know, your guys' dad right after surgery was, was awake. awake and alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was. But he could barely, he could barely open his eyes. He thought it was funny when he, I told him he could sleep on the dog bed if he couldn't go upstairs. He, you know, and when he said that, he, you but know, he don't grinned. remember. It yeah, was he, a quick grin. No, and, his eyes opened, got real big. Yeah. Well, it we got real big when the nurse said how much more it was going to suck from that recovery point on. I, uh, I said that to him the other night. I'm like, do you remember doing that? Because we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I was asking, what do you remember of the surgery? What do you remember right before? What was it like? And I said, do you remember this, 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 and this? And some of it, he doesn't really recall us being there. But then I said something about the nurse saying that you were going to hurt real bad. And then you gave the nurse the, you know, jokingly gave the nurse the finger. And then like you looked at her, like you got all, (laughs) you (laughs) opened your eye when she said you were going to hurt real bad tomorrow. You you know, mm-hmm. bug eider. And uh, he goes, you know, now you say that I do kind of remember that. He goes, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that later on that. I hope she interpreted the finger the right way. Cause I, I think really <laughs> she read was the like, situation. I get called all kinds of things. I was going to say, I think she, no, she knew. Yeah. Oh yeah. She got that. It was in plus once we were in there, you know, lightheartingly kind of joking with him, except for when he got sick, mm-hmm. you know, I think they knew that this was how we handle these things. Mm-hmm. Really? Does he remember us being in there? Yes, he does. Yeah. He doesn't really remember what we talked about or Hey w- <laughs> Um He probably remembers the I forgot to that's one thing I forgot to ask him. You remember the the sponges? The sponges. It was mm-hmm. like they so, so enamored I asked, by them. Right after surgery, I could tell how dry his mouth was. Mm-hmm. So I asked the nurse, is he can he have those sponges? And they said, No, we can't have anything to eat or drink. And I really wanted to say, Okay, just so we're clear on the same thing, I'm not wanting you to put a straw up to his mouth. I don't know if you had those sponges that he could possibly suck on. But anyways, when we went back, you know, it was an hour later we went back in and he was one after the other. They were letting him have it. And then they let him have water. Mm -hmm. Then after he had water, they gave him crushed ice first. And once he proved the ice, then they did water. Once he did water, they let him take his pills and then he was off to the races. Yeah, my pills. He was was like. These sponges are so good, but once the water is gone, they taste terrible. <laughs> and we're like, really? So then me and Daniel both tried one. 
and we could concur. We, Ooh, we can first, concur. The first hit of water, you're like, ah, oh, that's refreshing. But at that point, your dad had no choice. That was yeah. all they were giving him. And then I've when never he... seen somebody when they gave him the water. I've never seen somebody seem so refreshed. Yeah. Well, and something. even the ice chips, he was like, this is this is the good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you say. Oh, this is good stuff. He got more and more picky as it went on. He wanted like bottled water, and not their water. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it wasn't it was any good. Picky. We're like, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Saturday You're after the surgery, weakness. he had the uh, the yogurt. Mm-hmm. That was the first like kind of real food he had eaten. He's like, oh man, this is good. And I look at it and it's like no, low fat, no sugar added. I'm like, I bet that just tastes like shit. Yeah, but maybe not. It was very know. vanilla, so you know maybe they, you know they find some things mm-hmm. how to make them good without. But that's funny. We should have him. We should have him on here. He's supposed to come back, and we'll we'll oh, have him another guest appearance. Describe mm-hmm. his. He's got a gnarly scar, man. He does. That's... It's actually not near as bad as I thought it no. was going to be. Even I don't know. I don't. But like I didn't hospitals. realize nowadays they suture. I mean, obviously they've always had dissolvable sutures. Mm-hmm. But then they glued his skin all back together. his chest together, and I thought, you know, they suture everything because no. that's where you see the people who've had a heart surgery, you know, however many years ago before they start using glue, and it's mm. you know the big deep line down, and then but right, yeah. So far, his you know, I'll be interested to see. I don't know, man. A I year don't from now, like hospitals, looks. and I'm not mm-hmm. really all that upset. I missed the hospital time. Our daughter was fascinated by it. Really? She went in there? Jumping up and down, spinning in circles. She yeah. went in there to see him? Yeah, like oh, the last man. day. That would have been something to see. She saw a scar and was like, <gasps> but then was cool with it. The Maybe worst, she'll be a doctor. The worst mm-hmm. part about it was driving down to Methodist. Mm-hmm. I was already well, at work. It's only like five minutes from there. Yeah. Five minutes like driving and getting into the building. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know. I don't like ready. hospitals and you're to blame. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Told you, Carlos' therapist hears more about me than anyone. I don't else. have a therapist. Carlos' imaginary therapist hears more I about just, me than anyone. At a young else. age, you were a vomiter. I'm a vomiter. vomiter and then for years, I was scared of hospitals and scared of throwing up. You should be afraid. And of I didn't up. throw it's up for worst. years. You should. I didn't throw it's up for years. That's not right. No one wants to throw up. I probably went five or six years without throwing up. <laughs> Sounds like a goal to me. <laughs> Oh, man. I would like to introduce a promo right here <laughs> around the vomit. It's called, What Made Me Throw Up Today? For all you dark-hearted individuals out there, I bring to you now, for your auditory pleasure, the Haunted Heart Podcast with Katie and Kenny. Thank you for letting us in. We are the Haunted Heart Two best friends joined together by a twisted fascination with magic, madness, and the macabre. Join us on our journey, where we are sometimes deep. Some. What? Did the music just cut out? Oh, shit. I can't hear it, Kenny. Is it? I can't hear it either. Did you not get a clip that was long enough for the promo? Oh, God. Oh, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. We're trash talent. That's a fair point. This is a podcast for people who like trash. And we are trash. And we like to talk about all things macabre, witchy, true crime, and anything else our little haunted hearts fancy. 
So join us for new episodes every Wednesday. Tune in to The Haunted Heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And, and as, as always, always, stay spooky. They talk all things witchy and horror and true crime. So they have a wide macabre array that mm. they pick up, that they pick from. I really wish they would have picked a different way to spell macabre. Me too, because I thought it was macabre. 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 <laughs> No, they're funny. They're ha- hashtag trash talent. Cool. It's really... When it, can I go on? I don't know, but it's really <laughs> the best thing. I really like that. They talked about us a lot. The hashtag, who's your mama? Oh. Yep. Big 10, who's and your the, daddy? No, really. Who's your daddy? No, really. We need to know. <laughs> Everyone needs to go check out the Haunted Heart podcast. Sounds pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. I have learned a lot of stuff. The one that they did with us was Terror on the Sea. And I started thinking about sharks and I started to sweat. Oh, that like our how, two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. We started. We had the USS Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. There's just like that. They do urban legends. Start getting like that, and I start thinking too much. Colonial ghosts. That was a good one too. The only ghost thing I'd probably willingly go on would be to go to Gettysburg. But you've That'd been be there dope. before, haven't you? Yeah, but we didn't do the ghost. That'd be you didn't dope. Do it, we ghost? should do that. If we do, we need to take. I'd our... like to go. I'd like to go back to Gettysburg, but I want to go with no children. When did you go? When I was 14 or 15, and I halfway cared about it. Mm -hmm. It was after my eighth grade year. They had one episode about cannibalism, and and I was eating, and I had to stop. And I went, oh, I got to pick one or the other, and I'm real hungry. (laughs) Gettysburg, ghosts in uniform. That sounds dope, actually. Mm -hmm. We did a a dose tour. It's not... Dope, Carla. It's real sad. I know, but so, long time ago, thousands wait, of sad. American lost I their lives. I actually really but find I'm, that I'm glad you and your your culture, <laughs> you millennial, that you think it's aren't you a millennial? We are. We are millennial. That it's hip and cool and off the chain. <laughs> off the chain. Okay, that sorry. I think that are... American history is super fly. Okay. On... Okay, so that is twenty years before you were born. That you could say that. God damn it. Groovy. <laughs> Groovy. That is 30 years before you were uh, born. You have to say, it's lit. That's lit. You have it's to lit. say, it's the shiznit. It's the shiznit. Example, Popeye's chicken is the shiznit. shiznit. I was waiting for you to get <laughs> So yes, check out the Haunted Heart podcast. Uh, they have some, their voices are sexy. I didn't, I don't, I oh, want to think no. of a better she word. She said the S word. That, there's got to be a better word than sexy for it. They you do, haven't, I don't know, you haven't referred voices. anything to me as sexy in probably six or seven years. It's You're not implied. allowed to. The, mm. You're not even allowed mm. to say that word. That it just go. Their no. voices go together really well, and it's not a lot of podcasts are like that. That just sounds like regular yeah. people talk. Sexy. Sexy. It's sexy, but it's also respectable. <laughs> <laughs> that. Rate, review, subscribe. Go find them right now. Rate review because we're not, we're we are lost at this point. They have how now brown cow. I am how now brown cow. You are. I'm like fuck you, Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Damn it. My so there's this guy at work, and I don't know if you can uh, hear this or not. I can say this because I'm Italian. So, um, Nazi. Do what? <laughs> what? What? What'd you say? I said Nazi. That's offensive. They should make a game for you know because you're a standard white girl. 
Irish white girl. It's called, actually we know what English, all you are. It's called Irish, basic, okay? English basic standards. Standard typical. No ethnicity in your background. Yeah, you do. We, yeah, huh? we ordered your DNA. I'm huh? Caucasus. Caucasus. I'm part. I'm part Armenian. Okay. I'm a Kardashian bitch. No. no. Yeah. You just you don't understand other people's cultures, Carla. <laughs> okay. I'm Unappreciative. Saying, you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, my brother told him he put the he this who's from Brooklyn. His mother and father were Sicilian. Yeah. So. Tyler tells him he puts the whop and whopper and Rich looks at him and goes, oh yeah, Tyler? Well, you put the fucking fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that. I am going to use that. Oh, that's good. Okay, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's Your Homicide. Like us on Facebook. You can download our podcasts on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. You sound like you're at Disney World when you're talking like that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Test Track. We have been temporarily <laughs> delayed due to inclematic or what is it? Inclement. Inclement <laughs> weather in the area. Is that how you did it? Inclimatic. <laughs> what is, what's that word? What's that word? They have a script for you to read off of. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Test Track. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Please keep your hands, arms, legs, feet, and purses inside the vehicle at all times. Could you deviate from the script? Yeah. I would say it weird like that, too. I don't think anyone can understand me. Mm. I don't know what's that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Test Track. We are currently experiencing delays due to inclement weather in the area. So you just pulled Ace Ventura out of, like, <laughs> yeah, whenever you could? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think I said all the things. You can send us yeah. an email if you want. Yeah. We don't check it. Yeah. Patreon is up. We'll have another episode here that Daniel just pulled out of his ass. That was kind of good. Kind of. I'm good about stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to do one one of these days. One of these days. We invited you over to do you this You did, and one. I appreciated it. PM. I was in bed, and I was like, oh, that was nice. That was nice. I'm not coming over. <laughs> I was like, you have my permission to continue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's about it. And... For honest to goodness, stay Stay out of the the cornadelphia. (laughs) Cornadelphia? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like so proud, like looking over at you like, what the fuck? And you're like so proud of yourself. (laughs) We don't get it. The Phillies are playing. (laughs) Oh, true.